0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays twelve thirty to three seven seventy CHQR. Well, alongside names like Clifford Olson, Robert Picton, Paul Bernardo, we can now add the name Bruce MacArthur, who, as of this week, is no longer an alleged serial killer, he is a self-admitted serial killer pleading guilty this week uh, to eight murders, the murders of eight men connected to Toronto's gay village. And there is the possibility that that more victims are out there. Police don't think so, but they're going to go back over some cold cases just to make sure. There was a really interesting comment this week uh, from the woman whose property is where police found, I believe, seven of the victims. Bruce MacArthur had done some uh, landscaping work in, in the neighborhood. And this woman had, had seen him many times, spoken with him many times. And as she said, there were, it was almost like there were two Bruce MacArthur's, Bruce A and Bruce B. And Bruce A was the one that she saw and talked to and felt like she knew. And obviously Bruce B was uh, this horrific monster, this murderer. And it seems like a contrast. Maybe a lot of us think that, you know, if a serial killer were living next door to me, I would know. These people uh, are going to stand out like they're all a bunch of, you know, Hannibal Lectors. So the fact that they can, you know, present this, this face, that they can live amongst us, that they can hide in plain sight. I mean, it's, it's, it's frightening. It's disturbing. And I suppose it only fuels our fascination with serial killers and and certainly there is a societal fascination with these these figures Uh, someone who's written a lot about this certainly has a lot of expertise in this area i wanted to bring into the conversation that julian lee uh, lee is an associate professor of sociology at the university of toronto also with the center for the study of u.s uh, the monk school of global affairs dr lee thank you so much for joining us here welcome to the program
1: thanks for having me
0: I mean, should we be surprised at um, that description of Bruce MacArthur, somebody who, who leads that double life uh, and can to appear uh, very normal?
1: Not really, uh, in large part because serial killers, one thing we know about them is that they are chameleons. They are very good at putting on a front to fool their loved ones, family members, friends, coworkers into... Buying into this idea of, you know, that there's outward sort of ordinary person. Um, but, you know, many different serial killers across time have uh, have done this uh, while concealing this dark fantasy life that they that they um, keep under wraps, you know. People might recall that Ted Bundy, one of the most notorious serial killers in U.S. history, was a budding law school student, um, was involved in state-level politics in the state of Washington for a period of time before he uh, was discovered to be a serial killer. So uh, the fact that he had people fooled is not necessarily that surprising to me. But
0: These are psychopaths, then, high-functioning psychopaths.
1: A lot of them are, yeah, although there isn't a perfect correlation. Um, there are certainly psychopaths who are not serial killers, uh, but a lot of sure. serial yeah. killers are psychopaths. But not all, though? No, not all. So that that seems
0: interesting, because maybe to, to, to the layman, it seems like uh, an explanation, right? Oh, okay, I see. They're psychopaths. That explains it. But that that's a simplistic way of looking at it, I
1: suspect. Yeah, definitely. I mean... One of the things that we're starting to kind of figure out in the the interdisciplinary world of work on serial killers is that uh, there are a mixture of different kinds of traits, experiences that contribute to the making of a serial killer. Uh, We don't have that formula down pat. It's not foolproof at this point, uh, but we do have some general observations, one of which is that a person who has antisocial personality disorder which is the I guess clinical way of describing psychopathy or it's a a proxy Um, a lot of times you know the thing that determines if a person is going to become violent uh, you know in their lives is if they've experienced some kind of trauma you know emotional physical trauma in their childhood in their adolescence Uh, that seems to be one of the things the key things that kind of ties together lots of different stories of serial killers but you know Aside from broad strokes, we really don't have the, 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 the real formula down pat.
0: We see these serial killers are trying not to get caught, and there's no notoriety that comes from not being caught. But is there at some level, do they want that notoriety? Do, do serial killers inspire other serial killers to some extent?
1: To some extent um, although it would be it would be tough to generalize that as a as a shared characteristic of serial killers, some you know certainly revel in the spotlight, others um, you know Never get caught and and don't want to get caught. Um, so, you know, it's it's tough to say, but there are definitely examples of serial killers who, when caught, uh, relish the spotlight. And, and you know, we can go back to Ted Bundy, um, whose docu series just came out on Netflix, and it, it, it you know chronicles how much he enjoyed. Uh, being his own attorney, how much he enjoyed being in front of the cameras and having young women visit the courtrooms where he was going through hearings. So there are examples of killers like Mr. Bundy who who relish that spotlight, but others who, who really don't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, are there other ways in
0: which Bruce MacArthur seems like an atypical serial killer?
1: Yes. The biggest thing is that he's quite a bit older than the typical serial killer so the average age of serial killers is somewhere in the 20s um, and this is when uh, they typically get caught Um, and you know that has informed quite a bit of our law enforcement policy towards thinking about serial killers so um, you know it, it the fact that he's a, an elderly man or approaching sort of his twilight years of his life, I think, is another part of his disguise. Now, the big question I think a lot of people have is, it, was he potentially responsible for other murders dating back in time? Um, that, to me, is, a, is certainly plausible. I don't know if there's great evidence to support that, but given his age, he is very different from the average serial killer that we know about.
0: What can we learn from them? If anything, is there value in trying to, to understand Bruce MacArthur sitting down and asking him questions, trying to understand his, his motivation, or trying to understand his upbringing? What, what can we learn from them?
1: I think we can learn a lot. And I think this is where, you know, it. it, it there's always this fine balance whenever you research and write about people who do such horrific things. Um, on one hand, you don't want to ever... You know, fetishize them, or or romanticize them, or or you know, give them undue attention, uh, because you know it, it's so hurtful to the families of victims. But on the other hand, you know, we we still don't know a lot about what makes a person like Bruce MacArthur tick. Um, we have a handful of accounts that the FBI gathered during the '80s. Um, we have. Subsequent accounts gathered by journalists over time on individuals, but we're still building this database on the things that motivate people to compulsively kill over time. And I think there's value in so far as, you know, if we talk to them and we learn a little bit more about their experiences committing these horrific crimes, we might be able to, you know, prevent the next one or at least assist officers in catching the next one.
0: Yeah, I think there's you know when it comes to society and our fascination with them, and maybe part of it is that that underlying fear that there are these these monsters lurk, lurking out there. But that that obsession can go to disturbing places. I, I've interviewed on a few occasions. You may be familiar with uh, Andy Kane, who's uh, you know vocal advocate against what's known as murderabilia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the fact that that you know there are people out there who would would purchase items that were you know, drawn or written or owned by these individuals. I mean, there is a disturbing level of fascination with these individuals. Where, where do you think that comes from?
1: I think it comes from this place where, you know, psychologically speaking, if, if you were driving on the freeway and you saw a pileup or you saw a number of police cars, ambulances, fire, fire trucks, um, there is this you know, general level of curiosity with the macabre. And, you know, I I don't think many people out there would hope for pain and suffering for other people, but there's still something about the macabre that excites people, even if it is uh, a a kind of cautioned excitement. So I think think of serial killers in the same way. We're, We're drawn to them because they are so abnormal compared to the average person. They are acting in ways that defy common sense reasoning. Like it's hard for the average person to think about why somebody would wanna kill so many people over time. Um, and so I think, I think there's, there's quite a bit of that. And I also think we live in this moment where true crime is you know, part of the news cycle, yeah. it's part of the entertainment we consume, it's everywhere. So this is just another real life example of that.
0: Do you distinguish, by the way, between, say, serial killers in in one category and you know, mass murderers, like, for example, you know, the mass shootings we, we've seen in the U.S. or you know, that category of, you know, mob hitmen—people who have committed many murders uh, over the years—you know, working for organized crime—are are those different categories, or do they overlap in a lot of ways?
1: Uh, they're definitely different categories. The interesting thing is that the FBI whose definition is kind of the standardized one that people use, it doesn't make those kinds of fine-grained distinctions. For many years, the, the conversation has been, how do we define serial killing? Uh, for a while, it was three or more killings over time with a cooling-off period in between. Um, then it was revised to two or more over time with a cooling-off period. And the, the idea to come up with this definition was to distinguish people who go out and plan a kill and then there's this break period uh, versus the mass murderer who is committing uh, multiple murders, but it's all within one event. Um, so those are the kind of official distinctions, but you know, anybody can tell you that if we're only looking at two or more kills over time with a cooling off period, that's a very wide net that also I- includes people like gang members or mob hitmen. Um, it includes somebody who, who might, uh, you know, get in arguments and, and kill people in different occasions across their lives. So th- those kinds of murders and those kinds of criminals are very different than the person who's compulsively killing um, certain kinds of people over time right
0: That's interesting someone like Bruce MacArthur might not be the kind of person because you know, he gets in an argument and he's going to kill somebody in rage, or maybe he's right. capable of it, but it's it seems like a different kind of where it's much more methodical and there's there's another reason or, or motivation for it
1: exactly yes, and that that that's the thing that also distinguishes you know serial killing from you know the person who gets in an argument at a bar you know, when they're 19 and shoot somebody and kills them. And then the same thing happens like 20 years later. And, you know, those are very different kinds of, of situations.
0: Indeed. Well, we'll leave it there, uh, Dr. Lee, Moore to your website, com. Really appreciate your insight. Thanks so much for joining us here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right, take care. Uh, that is uh, Ju Young Lee, uh, Associate Professor of Sociology at the University of Toronto. Uh, somebody who specializes in this field, even teaches a course uh, on serial killers. So his thoughts on who these people are, and why society is so fascinated with them. It's a very interesting thought.
1: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.